This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Kicking it here on a Wednesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. Hour number two. And we didn't mention this at the top of the show, and it probably is worth mentioning. Bills are not back on the practice field today. They will begin their installation of the game plan on the practice field starting tomorrow with the extra day, with it being a Monday night game. They are going to start practicing on Thursday this week. And, you know, this time of year, week 17, giving the bodies an extra day of rest can sometimes be even more beneficial than getting more practice time in on a week where you have extra time. Yeah, they're treating today, Wednesday, like it was a Tuesday, which is traditionally the player's day off. But I, we were walking around here going to get coffee, and <clears throat> there's a t- ton of guys in the building. You kinda, <laughs> yeah, in the I made room. the joke that, you know, these guys go home with their wives and families, and it was a, it was a rough travel weekend for them. Nope. And – you know, right about now, though, after two full days of family time and getting caught up, the body clocks of these guys start to go off in a big way. They're like, man, I got to I got to get in and work out. I got to get in. What's going on at the stadium? I got to get back in and see the guys. I mean, what's going on with the game plan? I want to, you know, and I made the wives are like pushing these guys out the door. I says, go to work. Just go, go on, go, go work out. Just get out of the house. Um they start to get antsy for well. Plus, people have been cooped up in their homes with that's all right the snow too and the travel. Um, so there was a ton of guys in today on a, on their traditional day off, um, working the kinks out and getting ready to start practice on what would be a Wednesday tomorrow Thursday. Yeah, eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. The number to get on board. We're waiting to make contact with Solomon Wilcox, radio broadcaster for the Cincinnati Bengals, and former player for that matter. Um, in the meantime, we will go back to the phones where we've been asking you all day today, what is the biggest challenge that the Bengals present in your mind for the Bills on Monday night? And leading us off in this segment is Jeff in Buffalo. What do you got for us, Jeff? You're on One Bills Live. Oh, hi, guys. Uh, yeah, my my question is uh, about the Bengals with the problem that you guys brought up. You know, Joe Burrow, 
it's a lot of these underneath guys. Mm-hmm. And we have been not very good at, at getting that first tackle, uh, making contact on that first tackle. I mean, I'm not saying that you have to bring the guy down as soon as he catches the ball. I, I understand that that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. But you got to slow him down a little bit uh, and try to not get as many yards after the catch as what uh, they've been giving up. Um, and because of Burrow's tendency to throw underneath like that and the talent that they have on the ends, uh, I, I think that's going to be a problem unless they, you know, unless they fix that. Uh, so that's, that's what I, that's what I have yeah, to Jeff, say. I, I mean, mean, even Matt Milano. Yeah, I would agree with you, Jeff. They, they need they need to they need to tackle well in this game because you're right. If they're going to force like like last week is what the uh, that's what the New England Patriots tried to get the Bengals to do settle for the short routes. If you're going to do that, you've got to come up and tackle well. And for and we've said it a ton. The best defenses in the NFL are the ones that when one defender, the first defender, gets to the ball and he gets there quickly, the ball is stopped. It's a tackle. The first guy to the ball makes the tackle. The best defenses are always like that. And the Bills have gone through stretches where they didn't tackle well at all. Luckily, some of those games they won. But, yeah, it's been frustrating, and that's going to be important in this game. You can't let these guys, particularly these gifted receivers of the Bengals, catch a five-yard pass and go 60. Yes. I think the Bills are coming off a good tackle game last week against the Bears. They had a really strong fundamentally sound tackling game this past week. Hopefully that carries into this week because the concerns are valid. Cincinnati is fourth in the league in yards after catch this season with 2,060. The only offenses that have more yards after the catch this season, Tampa Bay, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. Bengals rank fourth in the league in yards after the catch this season. So, it's a valid concern, so you do bring up a good point. And, yeah, tackling well is going to be of paramount importance this week if you want to force them to have to have 15, 16 play scoring drives instead of five or six play scoring drives. And even if you are the first guy on the scene and you can't get the guy on the ground, at least hang on to allow everybody else to rally to the football and help you out, which the Bills, I think, are very good at. You know, gang tackling, flying, you know, flowing to the ball, rallying to the football, you know, two, three guys at a time. I think they're good at that. Um, I'm, you know, I, f- I feel like we've addressed it a ton. One of the things that one of the reasons it's hard to tackle in the NFL these days is, you know, if you do it like you, we used to do it when I played, you get ejected from the game. Um, and they are putting such a priority on turnovers defensively in the NFL. Guys are preoccupied with the ball. They're trying to tackle the ball and grab the ball away rather than getting the guy or the runner, the receiver, whoever, off their feet. And it ends up where you, after you make contact and you're grabbing at the ball and stuff, the guy's spinning away and he's still moving up the field, gaining yards while you're still messing around trying to grab the football. It's frustrating for football fans to see this guy getting all these free yards but the simple fact of the matter is the ball's more important in today's NFL and it leads to a lot of teams and it's not just the Bills a lot of teams doing the exact same thing you tackle the ball try and get the ball away 
and then get him off his feet rather than get him off his feet and then hopefully the ball pop out later. Yeah. Um, but that's nothing to sneeze at. Top five ranking in yards after catch. They know how to do it, and Burrow knows how to be an anticipatory thrower to give his receivers opportunities to get yards after the catch. So the Bills historically have not, at least during the Josh Allen era, have not been great in that category. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, right now this season they're better than they were last year, but they rank 24th in yards after the catch. Just over 1,500 yards this season. They're, about, they're pacing about 500 yards behind Cincinnati. So if there is you know, a difference in the way each of these two passing games get it done, that's one area where the Bengals excel and the Bills rely on other things to uh, make their passing game productive, like Josh chucking it down the field. I did find it interesting that Burrow is not – his yards per attempt is down this year. His air yards per attempt are down this year. As I was saying earlier this week, he's kind of taken the layups more often to keep them in manageable down and distance. And maybe their 26th-ranked rushing attack is a reason for it, almost using the short passing game as an extension of a running game that's been virtually non-existent for them, or at least not very productive in comparison to last year for the Bengals. Right, and some of it, I mean, they're like, the Bills, I mean, they're a good offense, so some of it was dictated what we've watched. Some of it will be dictated by the defense and how they're playing them. The, the, the New England Patriots were dropping guys into deep zone coverage, or just, and they were, they were giving them the underneath receptions, both in the, to the backs, the tight ends, and to the wide receivers who didn't you know, blow off down the, and, and explode down the field. They were giving them all kinds of underneath uh, pass completions. Then we've seen it. The, Patriots just do that once. That was their game plan. Joe Burrow chopped them up. I mean, absolutely chopped them up. Um, their first drive was clinical. S- was, he was five for five or seven for seven or six for six, whatever it was on them. He didn't have an incomplete pass. He didn't hit the ground. They ran it a couple of times, and it was just they were in the end zone. Opening possession of the game, just it was a statement. And, you know, that sta- that stadium in Foxborough was dead silent. They they there was nothing they could do. It was disheartening for the home crowd. Yeah. Let's go back to the tweet sheet to get some more of your thoughts on what you believe to be the biggest challenge for the Bengals uh, in this Monday night. Biggest challenge with the Bengals for the Bills on Monday night. And Butch is drinking the Steve Tasker Kool Aid. The biggest challenge going into this game and thinking too much is thinking too much and not believing that you are dominant over any other team in the NFL. Just go out and play your game. No one can beat the 2022 Buffalo Bills but themselves. Don't blink. All caps. This is one of those games um, where you say, oh, my gosh, we're going to go in and we're going to play this team. They've got all these weapons offensively. Their defense is playing good. They can run the ball. Their quarterback's Joe Cool. It's under, You know, um, the team that's going in there to play them is pretty good, too. You yeah. Know? We're um, – they got to play us is the kind of thing, right? Right. Um, that, um, yeah, we're meeting a good team. So are they. Let's go. Um, Bills don't have any reason to flinch at this game. They're going to be able. They're going to come in there and play well. Um, and they've got a guy who's a bigger weapon offensively at quarterback than bigger the all around guy. weapon for sure. Right. So, um, and they've got their own guys. So it'll be. It's going to be a fun game. I was amazed. I was looking up and down the week seventeen schedule. 
This is the only game on the entire schedule this week with two teams that have winning records. Every other game this week, there isn't more than one team with a winning record in any of the other matchups. It's bizarre. I mean, don't get me wrong. The ESPN people are pretty happy about this one being on Monday night. Yeah. And there are other games with playoff implications, certainly, because Lord knows you've got a, a host of teams that are a game under 500 this year that are right in the playoff mix, both in the NFC and the AFC. But this is right. the only game with both teams with winning records. It's crazy. Yeah, you got a bunch of games with <laughs> six and nine Panthers, seven and eight Buccaneers, yeah. seven and eight Jets, seven and eight Seahawks, you know. Six and nine uh, Browns against the seven, seven and one Commanders. Yeah, and then you got the Chiefs against the Broncos. Yeah, you know. Vikings, Packers. Yeah, yeah. It, I, it's it's just a random anomaly kind of thing, but it's it's, it's interesting last... nonetheless. Yeah, most the most wins between two teams in Monday Night Football matchup since what ninety seven? They said nineteen ninety seven. Denver, San Francisco. Mm. 11 wins versus 12 wins. That's, that's a good game, man. Not too shabby. Mark on the tweet sheet when answering the question, what is the biggest challenge with the Bengals for the Bills on Monday night? The biggest challenge going into this oh, – nope, sorry, I read that one. Mark says their offense. We haven't faced anyone who could keep up with our offense since Kansas City. That's probably true. Yeah. Although Minnesota did a pretty good job of it. Yeah, it was so did the so did the Lions. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, you're right. Um, Lions were playing really good offense at the time the Bills the Bills met them and you know and there's been some some games where they've met some teams that were at least at that moment were playing well. Yeah. Uh, I do get the sense that Bills fans on the whole recognize the Bengals offense as a proven productive offense. Nobody's like you know, sloughing them off. And how can you when they well, won seven in a row? We thought we were going to, you know, we, you played the world champions right after they won the Super Bowl, too. The Rams, you thought the Rams were going to be a really good offense, too. It turned out, you know, they weren't. Yeah. Uh, and they only scored 10 points against you. But, you know, uh, the Miami offense the first time around was, you know, it's highly touted. They went on a big streak right after they, they managed to win that game against the Buffalo, the first matchup. Uh, but, yeah, this is this is the one that's got the most track record. They were in the Super Bowl last year, and they're at eleven and four right now, mm-hmm. and they got it going on. Sean on the tweet sheet says the biggest challenge is easily our defensive backs versus Chase and Higgins. We've been terrible at contesting jump balls and have gotten killed by good wide receivers. Yeah. Killed, yeah. Justin Jefferson had a big day against you. I'm um, I'm trying to think of. Some of the other number ones that they faced. Garrett Wilson kind of had his way with this defense. There have been a couple. Um, I'm just trying to run my head through all the games this season. Um, Cleveland, Amari Cooper had a nice day and a loss. And, I mean, Tyreek. Yeah, Jalen Waddle. The cheat, like Juju Smith-Schuster had five for one thirteen against the Bills. Kelsey had eight for one hundred and eight in that game as well. So, so the Chiefs made some hay. So Sean's that. right. I mean, top wide receivers have had productive days. In many cases, it hasn't been enough to lift that opponent to victory over the Bills. 
But yeah, it it's cropped up as an issue. Um, That's what happens. I'm wondering. So, Steve, let's let's talk about this while we're talking DBs here for a second. Tredavious White, five games played for the Bills, has five pass breakups in those five games. Came tantalizingly close to his first interception a couple of weeks ago here in the home game. Uh, the Bears passing game didn't do a whole lot last week, although Trey did get beat on one deep ball um, in the second half. And Kyrie Elam, I think, continues to impress as he continues to be rotated in in a platoon situation with Dane Jackson at the CB2 position. Knowing, as Sean points out, that T. Higgins in particular is outstanding in contested ball situations, do you go with the taller, physically stronger Kyrie Elam this week than Dane Jackson? In terms of playing time, I'm not saying Dane Jackson doesn't play, but does Kyrie Elam maybe play more of the snaps because of the physical guy you're matching up with in T. Higgins? Uh, it it's possible. Um, you know, Higgins is six four two nineteen. Yeah, I mean he's a big dude. Uh, Kyrie's six one two ten something like that. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's long limbed. Yeah, and he's he's long, but he's also fast. And yeah, it's. There isn't, there aren't corners who match up well with six four wideouts because there's not that many six four wideout guys around who can really run. Yeah. Otherwise, if you get if he gets behind, you know, they don't get behind you that way. Right. This, Higgins and these guys get behind you, and they're six four. Yeah, that's an issue. So yeah, I, I could see the the logic be, about putting Kair Elam in on a bigger wideout and letting him run, but I don't think you really leave leave guys unhelped, you know, with no help yeah. on the back end anyway. But you can't, you can't double everybody. T. Higgins ranks fourth in the NFL this season with 16 contested catches. We'll take a break here because when we come back, we're going to catch up with Solomon Wilcots, Bengals radio broadcaster, next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams, all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 